Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for July 10th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Be at Peace. killing of two black men by police officers and five Dallas police officers killed by sniper attack. But the first sermon, the one I would have preached before this past week, addresses the closing phrase of our assurance of pardon that we speak each week and the very personal gift of absolution, of pardon, of forgiveness. Here's how the first sermon begins. You are loved. You are forgiven. So be at peace. I hope each and every week that falls on you like a blanket. Be at peace. Each and every week, I long to say it. I long to hear it. If you are visiting with us, we are in the midst of a summer sermon series about the common phrases that we, Russ and I speak over these 16, almost 16 years that we've been together. And from the beginning, we have offered after our time of confession, you are loved, you are forgiven, so be at peace. So I hope it hits you like a wave every week that we say it. It's something personal and deep. We come here for many reasons, I believe, but ultimately I think it's these three phrases that are at the core of our need to be here every week. The need to be reminded that we are loved unconditionally we are loved you are loved and then there's the need to confess to name our wrongs to display our shortcomings to fess up to the ways that we have not lived up to who we are called to be we come here to speak our brokenness But then ultimately, after the love and the confession and the word of forgiveness, we get this blanket for peace within our own hearts and within our own minds. People's dying words are usually ones to which we cling. In John's Gospel, these are among Jesus' last words to his disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He had a lot to say there towards the end. This is just one little nugget. I liken this end of time, end of life speech to taking your child off to college and frantically trying to cram everything in at the very last minute. Did I remember to tell you not to wash your darks with your wipes? Did I remember to tell you how the overdraft in your bank account works? 
Did I remember to tell you that you pay for your own speeding tickets and any increase to our insurance that you may incur? Did I remember to tell you that no matter what, you can call us any time, day or night, and we will always love you because we have you. Did I remember to tell you that we are family? We will always take you in. This must have been a bit what it was like for Jesus in those final days. Though the disciples had no idea that they should be listening more intently now than ever. This passage for today is most often heard at funerals. Which is okay, good even. Except these are not words for the dying. They are words from the dying to the living. Jesus, in his own departing, knew and understood that confusion and trouble and fear would be real parts of our lives. And he knew and understood that we needed a word of peace to cling to. So his presence lives on each and every time we offer, so be at peace. His presence lives on every time we say it and every time we receive it. No matter what we do or what we have left undone, no matter what we say or don't say or wish we hadn't said, no matter what, you are loved. You are forgiven. So be at peace. It is this peace, peace to which we cling in the darkest moments of our lives. It is this peace to which we cling when our lives are turned upside down. It is this peace to which we cling when we are most afraid. Dear friends, in the very ordinariness of your life and in the very extraordinariness of your lives, be at peace. May it be so. Amen. Now here's how the second sermon begins. What does it say about us? What does it say about me? That all week long I have been so grateful that my niece's husband is no longer a police officer. And all week long, I have been so grateful that the color of my son's skin is white. I don't think I have broached this pulpit with this sense of heaviness 
that I have today since the Sunday after 9-11. The only difference is that with 9-11, I didn't even have one year of pastoral ministry under my belt. Now, with almost 16 years of preaching and pastoring, I find it just as daunting to climb into this pulpit and offer a word of hope and a word of comfort and a word of healing on a Sunday like today. So let me try something different. Let me step out of this pulpit and come down on a level playing field, which is the way it should be. You just can't see and hear as well. But on a day like today, this just feels a little bit better. We had set the summer preaching schedule long before this week happened to us. Be at peace. Are you kidding me? What? This is not a nice word, children. Idiot. Put this together on a day like today. Be at peace. How can we be at peace when we are so, let's name it, afraid? Tomorrow at 5.30, when we go to Marshall Park with the NAACP, I will be a little afraid that I will be there. How can we be at peace when we are so confused? If you were with us in the last hour, oh my gosh, there are just so many things coming at us and so many things to consider and so many things in the big picture and so many things in our individual lives. It is so confusing to figure this out. Why do these things happen? We all have different answers to all the whys. But how can we be at peace when we are so divided? And for this to happen just at the prelude of a presidential election just divides us even more. How can we be at peace when we feel so helpless? What can I do? I cannot solve this problem. How can we possibly be at peace? I can tell you what I do. When I start to despair, and when I start to alter my way of living life to the fullest, John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full abundance when I start to alter living life to the fullest, when I begin to let my fears take over, that is when I force myself to remember who I am. That's all we can do. I have to remember who I am. 
I am a person who believes that the words of Scripture are never more true than when we hear, fear not. Do not be afraid. On my way to Marshall Park, I will be, that will be my mantra. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. It doesn't come naturally. You have to speak it into being. In desperate times like this, I force myself to remember who I am. I have been called to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is always, 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 always a message of grace, goodness, forgiveness, mercy, acceptance, and love. Always. I have to speak that into being. In desperate times like this, I force myself to remember who I am. I am a beloved child of God, and so are they. Brown and olive and tanned and white and black and male and female and Jewish and Buddhist and Muslim and gay and straight and bisexual and queer and transgender. All lives do indeed matter. Of that there is no doubt. But for today, for this particular day, in the name of peace, Can we just name that Black Lives Matter is important? It's an important thing to say today in the name of peace. It was only a few weeks ago in Orlando that we needed to say that gay lives matter. It's important to say that out loud. It was only about 30 years ago as I started my own career with ministry as a vocation that I needed a lot of people to say that women's lives mattered. Had they not said it, I would not have gotten to do what I have done for the last 30 years. So understand that for this particular day, in the name of peace, let's allow ourselves to multitask. We are so gifted at that. So let's use it for the good. Let's allow ourselves to multitask enough that we can hold all of this in the same space. The wounded, the weary, the targeted And let's just name that it is so blatantly wrong to be treated differently because of the color of your skin. Black lives matter. But at the same time, we can name and hold as truth that it is so blatantly wrong to let anger boil into retaliation that kills police officers. We can do those two things at the same time. We don't have to be polarized on that. 
The truth is that I really only know how to preach today with black mamas and mamas of black sons on my mind and in my heart. Knowing that they give their sons very different instructions for safety than I do to mine, and that their fears for their sons are much greater than my fear for my sons. And that's really all I need to know about how deep racism really is and how privileged my white really is. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that I have been called to preach peace. Do you know what I said the Sunday after 9-11? With barely a year, not even a year of pastoral ministry under my belt, I can only preach peace. You would think I would have learned more in 16 years of doing this. But why would I need to learn more when I already know all the truth that there is? Our message does not change. It is consistent, and we, as people of faith, are just about the only ones telling this message. So I say today to police officers and law enforcement of every kind, work for peace, pray for peace, be at peace. And I say today that black lives matter. All lives matter won't do today. It just won't. So to all the black mamas and mamas of black sons, work for peace. Pray for peace. Be at peace. I would give anything to give those mamas some of my privileged peace. And so that is our calling as a very predominantly white church. To give some of our privileged white peace away. People of God, be at peace. But this kind of peace won't come until our prayers take action. Do something, say something. I sent a message to our former intern, Brittany Hanlon. As a young black woman now in my vocation, she just graduated from Vanderbilt Divinity School after interning with us for a summer. She is in such deep and real pain that I can't even, I can't, 
I can't eat, I, don't, I have nothing for her. She is so deeply in pain. So I knew then that that's who I needed to hear from. You want to know people's experience? Ask them. So I sent Brittany a message, and I said, Brittany, the first line of my sermon is, what does it say about us and about me that all week long I've just found myself grateful that the color of my son's skin is white? She said, remind them that peace comes when we are willing to interrogate our privilege. Remind them that peace comes when we stand on the right side of justice. And then she said, just keep going on like that, like black folk do. So peace comes when we interrogate our privilege. Peace comes when we stand on the right side of justice. Peace comes when we work for change. Can I get an amen? Amen. Peace comes when we confess our wrongs. Peace comes when we not only listen to each other, but when we actually hear one another. Peace comes comes when we let what we hear get inside of us so deeply that it calls us to action. I could get so used to that. (laughs) In the midst of our hurt and our despair and our fears, I have to say it not because I am paid to do so. Be at I must say it. I'm called to say it. I call on you to say it with me. Be. I yearn for all of us to live out of it and within it and all around it. Be at peace. Russ and I don't usually talk about what we're going to say when he... When one of us sets up scripture and the other preaches, we just kind of let it go. So the last line is, friends, people of God who claim the way of Jesus. He left us with this inheritance. Peace, I leave with you. How will you spend your inheritance. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. 
Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.